Now niggas thinking that I signed for millions. I mean I did, but still mind your business. Niggas counting my paper that I find offensive. I get the letting off this Draco niggas find offensive. All right, so there you have it. It Sife and I nailed it. We we've never been more right in terms of our breaking down what's going to happen in history. Yeah. And there it is. You have the Funk Flex Conway makeup. The only difference is Sife, I I made sure to privately inject myself into this conversation. Okay. I flexed it from the Rosenberg spot. To Flex or to Conway? Well, to both. I dealt with both of them on it. Okay. I, I forced my way into being involved because I should be as the person who plays the most of it. What was the suggestions you made? Flex and I just talked about it the first night and I could tell from jump he was not serious. He was tapping Conway the way he tapped me. Absolutely. We'll talk about the Pete Rock. That that wasn't a tap. That was not a love tap. This was a love tap. But it's all connected, bro. It is all connected, though. It's all in the Flex universe. You people, meaning Wanep fans, got an inside look, step by step, of how Flex does Flex. And a lot of people don't see this. And it's still right there. Why is he on an old school beat when he called everybody old? Flex be flexing. Also... Conway and those Griselda guys normally don't rhyme on up-tempo, a little bit up-tempo beats. They're very down-tempo, druggy, marijuana street beats, right? So who picked the beat? And who's the most comfortable with that beat? Flex is. Now, did Flex convince Conway to go, hey, if it's on this beat, I'll play it a lot more? Did Conway try to appeal to Flex's old school sensibility. My guess is Flex's was very direct, like this would be hard. If you did this, this would be hard. So he flexed them. That's my guess. And Conway is a smart dude. And Conway and I uh, texted this morning and he wanted to make very clear that all of us at, you know, at least me, Ebro and Laura, no one felt slighted, which of course no one did except me and the fact that I felt left out of the conversation. No, no one else cared. But like I, I, he he clearly is like he meant some of the things that he said, but he didn't mean he's not trying to be the dude shitting on all his radio relationships and not appreciating the support. He very clearly gets it. And so while Flex flexed him, Conway handled it like a pro and he's turning it into. And I said to Conway, I said, yo, now it's time for us to get a record done and let's let's fucking push on the gas right now. 100 percent. So who won? They both did. Which is a flex move. You just got flexed. You just got butt slammed. (laughs) Not only did flex win, 
Conway won. Yep. And even you won. I hope so. I think I'm going to get my record done now. <laughs> or you could win. You have the potential. I have the potential. I have a better potential to win now than I did a week ago. Absolutely. And that's everyone wins. Somehow, Pete Rock gets dragged. <laughs> oh, no. No win for Pete here. No win. All he did was jump in. And here, let's see if I have it and I can play it properly without it. Let me get through the advertisement. I'm looking at a guy standing in the woods. A blue car drives by. He's looking through a window with binoculars. Is that a, is that a Vince Staples commercial? No. That, that would make sense, though, because it's a rap video, but it's not. Uh, now, the second commercial is a dent, uh, a, like a dental thing going on. I'll take this time while the disgusting dentist commercial is playing to say, Please, if you are enjoying the push that we are doing here of WANEP, if you're feeling the vibes, we need you to rate and review. I'm going to be blunt, okay? Blunt Records. Blunt Records. Royal Flush. Infamous Syndicate. Anyways, here's the deal. (laughs) There are shows, there are jabroni shows out there that are ranked higher than us because their people review it more often and more regularly and more recently, and they have new subscribers. And... One app should not be hovering. Listen, I don't care. That's why we haven't mentioned it very much because we don't look at it very much anymore. But as we make this push, one app shouldn't be 50th on the podcast music fucking podcast. I'm not going to live 49 spots below Joe Budden. Okay. I know he's a very compelling guy, but give me a break. What the fuck is Joe saying? That's 49 spots more interesting than what we're doing on one app. Just because he's yelling louder. Yeah, he's a loud yeller. So hit hit us up. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notifications on YouTube, and then also uh, Apple Podcasts, review, and all that shit. And it's just fucking, come on. And Billy June even managed to, he even managed to switch the name to One Up His Life. By the way, amazing Billy June story to tell you with regard to the interview with Danger Mouse and Black uh, Thought, um, as well as we have a, several other things we have to get into today, including, I'm guessing you didn't watch the January 6th hearing last night. No. There have been a lot of days where someone brings it up and you're just like, why are you telling me this is boring? This is the one day where you should be happy that you're talking to me. Yeah, I'll give you some good shit. Yeah, okay, good. But listen, real quick, as much as you sit there and you fucking text chicks with big old chimmies trying to get them to come over at night, the same, real quick, just write a little review, how much you love the show, how we were the first ones to ever do it, and people need to listen. Come on, I don't know if you've heard, don't know if you've heard a, a, a little gap in the, you know, male hip-hop New York perspective has opened up this week. I don't know if anyone's aware of that. No, what's... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there, that's, let's, it's time to push the fucking gas. And by the way, you patrons out there who pay your seven fifty every month, we would love for you to do it too, but you're doing your part. I'm asking the thousands of other people listening for free every week. You're not even paying on Patreon. Just go, just go give us some comments and some ratings and the sub on and the sub on YouTube. Fuck is your problem, man? Our guy Emilio Sparks out here. We're producing videos every week now that actually look semi legitimate. I know we're pushing a lot of promo. I'm sorry, but if you're ready to support me, man, come see my live comedy stand up live album recording August first over at the Village Underground in, in Greenwich Village, a comedy cellar, August 1st, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I, make a reservation on ComedyCellar.com. Don't bullshit around. Make a goddamn reservation, you fucking jabron. What is it? Jabroni? Jabroni. You fucking jabronis. So, real quick. Oh, yeah. We got to hit the DiZamero thing for a second. We got to hit the January 6th uh, situation, the Billy June story from Danger Mouse and Black Thought. But first, 
let's see if this is the we're because last week we mentioned the Pete and Flex, right? And people were upset we didn't break it down a little further. Okay, so we're gonna give you that. We listen to the people. Let's see if this is it. Pete Rock and Funkmaster Flex. I was gonna just scrap with him in his comments, and then he feels like he wants to take it further and say what a rotten person I am and a DJ and this, that, that, and I'm taking payola and everything. So he wanted to give his opinion of me on his platform, and now I'm taking my platform to give my opinion of him. So this is a guy, I think he he referred to himself as working at WBLS Hot 97, right? Thanks. Let's first clear that up, my friend. It was Molly Mall's show. You are Molly Mall's son. <laughs> I mean, that's not even that shouldn't even be a diss, honestly. You know, I mean, that's not that's that's not a diss. You're Flex's son. I am Flex's son, but I didn't go around saying from 1997 to 2000 whatever I was on the radio on my show. It was Flex's show. You never talk about him. You never big him up. You learned everything that you do from Stop. Molly Mall. You see how true? I always big up flex? Yeah, because you never want that. I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Does he not bring up Marley? I mean, I never, I never really heard him talk about it. Not really. You have to remember, it wasn't just BLS. They came back together on Hot 97 for Future Flavors. Yep. yep. So it's two runs that Pete and Marley had together. Okay, let's start there. And, um... And you were on the radio, and it was cute. This was 1990, my brother. No, I'm sorry, 88, 89. <sighs> you were on the radio 32 years ago. <laughs> 32 years ago, you were on the radio. What? You think things have changed just a little bit since then? No, right? You don't think so, right? I know you don't. I don't want to make it seem like I'm taking Flex's side because he is my mentor and my friend. And I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for that guy. I also very much love people. Me too. And me too. And we should probably reach out. We Yeah, probably should. Yes, but this is very funny. But also, I'm letting you know as a hip-hop connoisseur, I love Pete Rock. And in no way am I trying to disrespect this guy. And I do, I do not like when people say Flex takes money. I promise you, of all, all the years I've been... With Flex at Hot 97 back in the day. The two things he told me the first day I started was never take money to play a record and never let these industry dudes or these record label dudes get in your ear and like smooth me to try to convince Flex to play a record. And I didn't know what he was talking about until years later when record companies, promotion guys started to schmooze me. You know what I mean? Now, have I gone out to record company events and had dinners and and even gotten paid to like DJ uh, a record label Christmas party or blah, blah, blah? Yes. But he's talking about brown paper bag. Here's some money. Play this song. Never once have I taken money. And I know for a fact Flex hasn't taken money. Now, do labels buy advertisement on radio stations? Yes. Oh, yeah. Are, are there dicey things? Was there a time when I was at a radio station and Master P dropped off a check for $10,000 and then the next day we're doing the Master P PT Cruiser contest and they're playing all of a sudden his record in rotation? That, by the way, that's not a Hot 97 story. But yes, of course, things like that happen in radio. But like, now, Sife, have you ever seen money, in like an envelope inside a, a like a 
record case? Personally, no, but I've heard about it, of course. Yeah, me too, and I've never and I've never seen it either. Someone left a comment somewhere that one of the fucking people on our Discord put up there that said everybody so someone said he like posted a text message from someone and they blurred the dude's name out and he's like everyone knows rosenberg takes money for real late you know like eight grand will get you like nine weeks of spins something it was the craziest shit bro who do you think i play that has that much disposable income to give me i'm talking about 400 500 you offer me eight grand i'm going in I'm going in. <laughs> I got to find the quote. It's so crazy. Yo, and, and it annoyed me that the dude in our Discord even posted it. Do you not like us, people on our Discord? Like, what's the problem? Yo, I swear to God. I swear to God, they barely like what, us. Why are you ba- here? Why are you here? Even the people who like us the most, I swear to God, I don't think they I don't think they really like us. <laughs> like, hold on. I got I to gotta find it. I mean, it's so crazy. Even what's homegirl's name? Karma? who's always commenting, even she the other day in the conversation about how people say we, uh, I I take money. Yeah. She's like, really? If he takes money, why is he wearing the same chains every week? (laughs) I was like, wait, what? First of all, how many chains do I have to wear? I have a few. That's it. I rotate them or wear them. I, I, I'm not, I'm not a West side gun. Look at his outfit. You think he takes money? That's what they're doing. And I'm like, do you have to do it that way? Why is that the only way to defend me? (laughs) I still haven't been able to find the actual quote from this guy. All right, well, finish the Pete Rock and then go back to your quote. All right, all right, I'll find that in the meantime. Good idea. Back to to Flex and Pete Rock. I jumped ahead a bit. So you're suing Nas. Who else? He's suing... He's suing Eddie F. Eddie F is Heavy D's DJ from Heavy D and the Boys, New York, who was, is, was, and will continue to be very important in the music business. And he put that buffoon on. Now he's suing him. In case you don't know, in case you're a little bit of a younger listener, Heavy D and Pete Rock are cousins. And Eddie F, who is Heavy D's producer and DJ, Basically took on Heavy D's little cousin and taught him how to make beats and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what he's talking about suing him, but yeah, that's the guy who put really put P-Rock on. Oh, remixes. You're doing a lot of remixes in production, my brother. But you know what you forgot since you were a little stupid? When you did those remixes, you took the money up front. You didn't do your royalties. You didn't do any royalties for those. So now when you hear those spinning on the radio and you see it on uh, Apple and Spotify and uh, what's the other one called? Title. Sorry, Jay. I'm sorry. I'm not. Man, I apologize again, man. Um, now when you see it on those those places, you don't get any money for it. That's why you're so upset because your money's tight. So, OK, this we'll get into a little bit of music industry shit, right? Hip hop is a very young genre it's it's not handled like other music businesses sometimes so being a producer is way different than being a beat maker but in hip-hop it just became the norm to call the beat maker the producer produced by when technically production is a lot more a remix when like you heard like um just a man das effects remix or house of pain jump around remix 
there's a lot of legal jargon when it comes to songs and remixes. So now, back in the day, before hip-hop, a remix was you take the actual song and you boost the level. You re technically remix it. You go into the studio and mix it again because now if you're going to make it a single, you want the bass to boom more or you want the intro to be a little longer for like dance records or whatever or you're doing a dance remix. So that's what it is. It's like you're kind of like changing the levels and stuff. Somehow, and I, and I credit a lot of this to Puff, he would take a song and make a completely new beat. Like the Jodeci, Can I Talk to You remix. Because remix was the term that they used, but it's really not a remix. He made a new beat. So what I'm saying is, when you deal with a remix of a song, you're not dealing with the A&Rs and the music part of a record company. You're dealing with the marketing side and the promotion side because they want to somehow increase the awareness of a song or an album. So they would take a song that wasn't so good and they would try to do a new version of it and it's just a remix. But since it's going through the marketing department, you're just getting a fee, even though you made a completely new beat. Now, Pharrell and them, when it comes down, we start getting into the 2000s, Pharrell and them was like, no, 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 no. You're not just going to give us a fee for remixing this song. We actually made a new song. So we need publishing. We need royalties. We need all that. So open up that album budget and we get official royalties to this new song that I made. Because sometimes a remix will have different lyrics. And then on the flip side with some of Pete's records, you know, sometimes they were not bigger than the original or like you know this one for example we love but it's not this was him just doing it I, this one probably made sense to get the money up front like obviously you'd rather get the residuals also but this is different than say um the neptunes remixing um la 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 uh, for jay-z excuse me miss part two right because this is a monster. The original's a monster. People don't really play this one. We do. Well, that one's a, that one's a little weird because that was a white group. And then the white song blew up in the white world. But they were like, no, we still want to make a rap version. You know what I'm saying? But this one's bigger, way bigger than the original. Absolutely. I guarantee you just got a remix feel. So anyway, that's that's a lot of what that, that that's a little hip hop music jargon. That's that's very interesting, though, to think about that. All right, back back to the Flex and Pete. Sometimes when a person has a partner and knows, hey, man, they might pull him over. He may have something in that car. They might go up in that apartment and they may know where you keep stuff. And then they send the police to your house. What type of guy is that? And you talk to me about the game and integrity. You have none, my friend. That's why Rosenberg has never been to my house. Because I don't trust the fact that one day shit might go left and he's going to send police. And I'll call the police. To go get my, my fucking, my stash. You know what? It's a reasonable claim by you. That's how we stay friends. Right. That's how we stay That's friends. That's why there's no crazy big breakup between Cypher Sounds and Rosenberg. Ooh, good segue, Cypher. Because that's really all there is to say. I mean, listen, we're not going to play Flex just crushing him. Uh, we're not taking sides on it. It sucks. Um, yes, is it entertaining? Yes. And does it lead to good conversation? Sure. But we love Pete. 
I've disagreed with Pete on many things, okay? Just follow him on Twitter. It's very easy to disagree with a lot of things Pete says. But, you know, I love the guy and love and the music. I mean, he's one of my absolute all-time favorites. That'll never change. I can't tell you how his music, his DJing, his uh, pre-rock sales move albums and all outside production shaped my love for hip-hop in the early 90s. So I can't take that away ever, no matter what. I had I sat with P-Rock in Japan, and he's out to lunch, bro. He's out to lunch. We were having dinner. Me and my wife, him and his wife, We ha- he happened to be DJing in Japan while I was there on vacation. We ran into him at a club. I was so excited. P-Rock, we're like, you know what I mean? We went and had dinner, bro. And in the middle of dinner, he just gets up and leaves. I thought he was going to the bathroom. He never came back. He never came back. So I asked his wife, I go, hey, what, what happened to Pete? And she went, oh, there has to be a record store around here. And we finish dinner, we pay, and then we look around the block and there's a record store and he's sitting in there digging for records. And I say, yo, did, 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 does he do this? And she goes, all the time, when we're by ourselves. He'll just get up and leave. Yeah, no, Pete's an interesting cat. You know, there's no doubt about it. You know, listen, Pete's an interesting story in the industry. He he did have some things that didn't go great. We know the I&I Electra situation was a disaster. And that really left him bitter about a lot of things in the industry. Um, but he continued to make great shit. I mean, don't ever forget in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to know. Are you ready for start time? Yeah. Okay, well, let me kind of move these things around here, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience. But look like he just came out of the basement. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, because, because now. All right, let's bring to the stage. Yeah. Your Highness, live from the bricks, one six. Pete Rock, bang your head, break the drumsticks. Verbal assault. This is such a Rosenberg Pete Rock beat. It's not my favorite Pete Rock beat. I just love it. Play, um, no, one of my favorite. Uh, let me hold on. Let me get my favorite play. beat on the album. My favorite okay. beat on the album is this one. This is Pete Rock solo album. Soul right? Survivor. Yep, yep, yep. Word of hey. up, word of up, uh, like this show. Uh, 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 the whole package. I only played True Master first because it was the single. Bring it in, like, say, 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 say. The way the pianos come in when CL starts. Oh. Introducing CL, then face defeats, and I remind you of Third Street when it was sweet. See this move on and grow to another plateau where me and stabbing that dough. In the last days, when critical times are left to deal with. Sheesh! I tell you this, man. The same way I have my one version of Premiere I love, and the second version I don't love the slow, uh, slow beats, Pete. I love the up tempo horns, Pete Rocket Seal Smooth album cuts. How about this one? Thumb heads. What? Cherry heads. They're all different. This whole album is not, for sure, this is not Horns Pete Rock. I feel like these, uh, this album is all beats CL might have rejected, which is fine. It's still dope beats. Float on this magnificent track, wise, intelligent, all-star American. Yes, the rap that. I'll tell you what this album definitively has, though. Some unnecessary Pete Rock verses on songs. What's the album with the, um, with the, uh, with, uh, Onyx, with, um, with, um, Sticky Fingers? Yeah, yeah. What is this? Is that tragedy? Yep. 
lies and war stories. Claiming that they name ring bells and territory. Oh, is this strange fruit? That's right. Oh, play, play Sticky Fingers part. He said one of the illest lines I love. I haven't heard this in so long. Niggas see me in the club, start dunking and tucking they link. Like I resorted to robbing niggas for table scraps. In the hood, we do away with caps. In the river, do away the gaps. Hey, where I go? Turn crime scene. Know what I mean? Don't make me trip. Make me flip. Be so much bloodshed, you think I'm crap. Even before I signed the contract, I always was respected. Be so much bloodshed, you think I'm Bro, crip? You think, don't make me flip. There'll be so much bloodshed, you think I'm crip. That is a fire bar. So much on this album. If you've never listened to it, this one. Remember this one? Yo, it's such a shame. All these dick riders trying to corrupt the game. But what it bring? Nothing but pain and one in your fucking brain. Ain't nothing changed since the album. I'm still wild and I'm still violent. I've been waiting for this moment like Phil Collins. Oh, I know what you want to hear. I know exactly what you want to hear. Because this is this is one of the great late era Pete's. Oh, my. Just hitting the buttons on the MP. And my name is Rockin. Yo, can we get Pete on? You want to? We have to. Yeah, we can ask him. And by the way, last thing I'll say about Pete, because if because Flex painted a picture of a lot of this shit being from a long time ago, let's not forget about this much later. This is only 12, 12 13 years old. Pete Rock, let the needle drop. You know, I've probably told everyone listening this a million times before, but that's this song means so much to me because when I met Jay-Z the second time when he came to the radio station and sat in the studio doing an interview with Tigger, who was out of town and I was running the board, it was just me and Hove in the room, and I asked him who his favorite producers were. And um I asked him why he hadn't done a song with Pete Rock. And he was like, Oh, I love Pete, you know, just haven't gotten a chance to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then so when this record finally got made, I was like, wow, it took a long time. He finally got a song with Pete Rock way after you ever thought it would have happened way after like the book was closed on Jay-Z and Pete Rock. And by the way, drives me crazy, but shout to Kanye for that. That's Kanye always staying in contact with people he admires. I think I think that's how that happened. By the way, as we're uh, as we're recording, this is my birthday tomorrow, so why don't I have that in my calendar? You usually send a text to Shawnee Culture on my birthday, which is a weird tradition. I never forget your birthday because uh, Shawnee Culture will hit me up. It's also the birthday of Holly Selassie I, Rastafari. So Shawnee Culture, formerly uh, being a former uh, Rastafarian, told us that... I think current Rastafarian. Yeah, current, but like not maybe not as practicing. Sure, sure, sure. That Wata will touch the earth on July 23rd. So there is a, uh, a game we've played for the last, I don't know, 15 years. Shawnee Culture will point out that it will rain sometime between midnight and 
on July 23rd in our area or wherever we are. So let's see. Let tomorrow zero percent. So it's going to be very interesting. I like to troll Shawnee by playing this too. Rastafarianism. Yes, I. Rastrent. Saif, have you have you ever watched this video? Yeah, of course. You know one test me champion sound. Here's the thing about Lonely Island, okay, and why, like, some people miss them, and the reason I think Saif and I laugh so hard at this, it's not just that they're making fun of white boys who have dreads and fucking go to fish concerts and play hacky sack. It's the details to what he's saying in the song because because they are fans of black music and know the things to say. They know the absolute right things to say, and they're saying it correctly even though they're making fun of... They're not making fun of it. No, they're making fun of the person who would claim this shit. But they know it because they are that also. Here we go. Rude boy living in the shanty dorms. My roommate Nick is an ignorant bald head. Now chant down Babylon, midterm essays. Then puff from the chalice, Ify make from a Sprite can. Last week I read a book about Selassie I. Then told my Bomba clock parents I was switching religions. Excuse me. That you do so many dutty crimes. All right, hey, so let's uh let's try to want to reach out to Shawnee Culture. Oh shit! Real quick, yeah. I'm gonna send him the Zoom link right now. Even though Joe Budden annoys the fuck out of me at times, the the time that he there was at some point he talked about Shawnee on his podcast. They like played a clip of something we said about him, and then Shawnee ad libbed something, and he's like, Joe's like, why Shawnee talking? Wow, what is Shawnee always talking? What what kind of name is Shawnee? And like he doesn't know his name is Shawnee. So he's calling him Shawnee also. Don't ask me why I'm making Joe Budden sound like Harvey Firestein, but that's neither here nor there. So we'll talk to Shawnee Culture about my birthday and whether or not it's going to rain. But um, Saif, the internet was rocked this week. Rocked and shaken to the core. The breakup of Deezus and Marrow. For Sife and I to get as much attention as Deezus and Marrow got for their breakup, I would have to murder Sife on stage at Summer Jam. <laughs> I think like, if I killed you on stage at Summer Jam or vice versa. Would, I don't even think it would get that much. I don't think it would either. I do not think it would get as much as the peaceful breakup of Deezus and Marrow got. Shawnee, good to see you, my brother. My brother. What's going on, family? Well, uh, we've got an interesting topic to discuss. It's very important. Apparently, I forgot, uh, but we, it was reminded that tomorrow is Rosenberg's birthday. Yes. July 23rd. The first day of the lion. First day of the lion. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And so just to describe to the people real quick, it is also the birthday of who? Rastafari Makunen, which Ras means prince. Tafari Makunen is his name, who later became Haile Selassie I, the emperor, king of kings. Oh, Ras means prince? Ras means prince. So he was born Prince Tafari Makunet. His, his name is Tafari. Tafari. To Ras Tafari. This trivia right here would be wrong from every single person who's not a Rastafari themselves. 
100% would not know that it's Tafari and it's Ross Tafari. And that makes sense because I have seen Ross on other things, but I thought they would just pay in tribute to Rastafari. But now Ross means prince in Ethiopian. Yes. And then so then he changed his name to Haile Selassie. Yeah, he was coronated emperor. When he became emperor, they gave him a new name, which is Haile Selassie. Which I noticed that a lot, especially when you watch like when I watch The Crown and when they become king or whatever, their name changes. Yeah, they get like more of a godly name. It's almost like being baptized. Or maybe I don't know if a bar mitzvah is the same. Maybe you get a no. You don't get like a a new name. You get a you know you get some gift cards. You know you know you get a a party. Yeah, oh, you tell me you tell me when you become a man you get some gift cards to Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, you get a gift card to Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> and Toys R Us. You get you might get a new Sega or something. Wait, and and by the way, Haile Selassie I, is I being the first. I is the first. So this is Selassie I, but it's really Selassie. It's really Haile Selassie, and it and really you could say Haile Selassie the first, technically, but first of his name. Yeah, Haile Selassie, you could say the first, you say Selassie I. Here's how dumb I am. I mean, every day I discover something that makes me realize how little I've understood my entire life. I worked at Ross Records, okay? And I never realized that Ross means prince. All I took was is that Gary Himmelfarb, who started the label and basically was Ross Trent, he called the label Real Authentic Sound, Ross. But I didn't realize it was a double meaning. <laughs> that it was it was it was homage, of course, to Haile Selassie by just calling it Ross. But I didn't I didn't quite realize that. I kind of double acronym it too with Ross for Rastafari and saying Ross culture or Ross Shawnee culture, but Ross is an acronym for runaway slave. So Shawnee, our theory for the last 15 years that we've known Peter Rosenberg, what is happening tomorrow? So each and every year since I have been told when I was 18 and baptized Rasta in the temple, there was a lady who was speaking, one of the daughters, as we say, she said it rains every year without fail. And I was like, I never noticed that, which most people won't unless you bring it to their attention. That whether it is a thunderstorm, whether it rains all day, or whether it's just a sun shower, water will touch the earth on Heidi Smith's birthday. And ever since then, I paid attention. So for 15 years, since Shawnee told me this, it, we, we talk about this every year, it has rained. But like, the earth is very big and flat. So... Somewhere it's going to rain. Are you talking about in New York or wherever Peter is? I always question that part because I'm like, does it wrinkle everywhere? So I know a few people that share the same birthday as July 23rd in different parts of the world. So I asked them because I need to know. And they say it rains too. Does the, the spiritual being that is sending the water to touch the earth know the borders of each city? And like, like, but like, yo, there's been some years where, you know, we, especially we do the morning show. So we're up at like four o'clock, five o'clock and we'll go to work and it doesn't rain all day and it doesn't rain in the afternoon or at night. And Shawnee will go and look up, I don't know, some kind of farmer's almanac and be like, yo, it rained at 2 a.m. Before we went to work. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> just a, yo, I think it was two years that I was like, mind blown, like, it's going to happen. And it didn't happen. And then I look it up and I'm like, oh, it rained at 2, 2 a.m. I was like, wow. So everybody, you're up, man. 
You have to let us know if it, well, this will be, when you hear this, it'll be in the past, but. Did you notice that it rained on Saturday? That's, that'll be the question. And it's like you really have to pay attention because it won't necessarily be in the forecast. It's zero percent. Uh, Shawnee, thank you so much. We'll uh, we'll regroup on the Patreon episode to get us the the final word on the rain on July twenty third. Rosenberg turns fifty years old. Forty three. May God bless the day. Let the rain come down. Happy birthday, Peter Rosenberg. May your life and your day be a blessing as it has. Yo, peace, Shawnee. Bless up. Ja lives. Ja lives. Sage words from Shawnee Culture. And by the way, I just said one of the things that makes Lonely Island great is their attention to detail. We didn't know Ross meant Prince. They did. They named him Ross Trent. (laughs) (laughs) They even in their joke, they understood. Now, let's play a game. The game is called What Would Cypher Sounds and Peter Rosenberg Have to Do? To get a modicum of the attention that Deezus and Mero got for their breakup. Now, mind you, I love Deezus and Mero. I have definitely fallen off since they went to Showtime, which I, uh, you know, okay, another flex theory in life. Don't go and take that big money if it's going to take some of the eyes off of you, right? Flex always used to tell me, I don't make a lot at the radio because I want to be on the box every day. I'm going to make all my money doing my outside outside ventures. So, yeah, when you have a free show that's on four days a week and then you go to Showtime, yes, you get paid. But I think their popularity had to diminish a little bit when they went over there. I think it was it was reaching the core fans who stuck with it. But I don't know if it rated at Vice. They were always big on the podcast and on Twitter. Yeah, for sure. Because here's the thing with Vice. When you got something raw and then you start putting money into it, everybody has their their say. Well, we should do it more like this. More lights, more this, more that. The Vice studio was ghetto as fuck, man. It was just them at a table with a bear. You know what I mean? Do you know the bear wasn't wearing the Timberlands? It was just in front of the foot. Oh, really? So they were on four days a week. So if you're a, a, a person that watches TV late at night and you're flicking the channels, you have a better chance of hitting it on flipping channels you know everything's changed now but loose late night fuck say whatever you know what I mean well and and it played to their strength it played to their strength of being like loose and kind of being like a podcast so my boy put me on to the, the envy situation that they had oh my god that shit was fucking hell. you didn't know about that I kind of remember hearing about it but I never watched it when they got when envy dissed him on the show and then they went on the air that night oh they went in bro that shit was so fucking funny they went in after they did it was after they did the breakfast club yeah they said one thing before which made envy mad and then when they went to do the breakfast club he was like yo you gotta apologize to my wife and they were why he played the clip whatever and then he walked out on them right 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 and then they walked out of the studio and then that night they laid into him so back to the game sife how much would we have to do i'm gonna throw a scenario at you and you tell me whether it would have gotten close to like the 36 hours of constant trending about Deezus and Marrow leaving their Showtime show and their podcast, okay? So, if, if one of us went on vacation and had one of our legs gnawed off by an alligator and it was filmed and the video went around on Twitter and in the video... 
like you saw screaming and blood gushing everywhere, but like fighting back against the alligator and the video went, was out everywhere. Do you think that would get us as much attention as their breakup? Uh, no, it would not. It would not. What if we were on vacation together? Okay, here we go. And same alligator. Okay. Kills both of us. Same time. Kills and there's video. Us. Kills us. You and Kills I are completely. We are maimed and murdered by an alligator. The same one that took off the hand of Chubbs Peterson and Happy Gilmore. That alligator eats both of us. Does that get the same attention? Yes. All right. So you do think that with double death, we would need double death. Both killed together. To, oh, oh, okay. Yes. What if you and I were killed six months apart no. in separate alligator accidents? It would get a lot, not as much. No, not as much. It would get a lot, though. Picture it. Summer Jam. Summer Jam. Next year. 2023. Yes. I bring you out on stage. Okay. I'm like, we're bringing back to the radio station Cypher Sounds. Everyone starts cheering. We bring you out. And I say, and that's not all. We have another surprise. And I just get down and suck your cock on stage. Oh, wow. Wow. Right at Summer Jam in oh, front of everybody. I don't like this one. I don't like this <laughs> do, one. Do you think it would get the same attention as the Jesus and Marrow breakup? <laughs> to completion? <laughs> I can't go that far. You found the line. You found the line I'm not willing to cross. Okay. No, I do not think it would get as much. I think it would get a lot. It would garner a lot of attention. We, yeah, how long do you think we trend for? At Summer Jam? <laughs> Not long, because there's going to be some other shit at Summer Jam. What do you think the trend would be? Would it just be, like, our names? Like, I think, like, on the news the next day, they're like, oh, last night Hot 97 had their yearly annual, their annual concert over at MetLife Stadium. Uh, so-and-so performed, so-and-so performed. Oh, Chris Brown did an amazing show. Little Baby did this. And, and Young Thug came out of jail and performed. And on a side note, a weird thing happened. Former radio morning show host... <laughs> No disgrace. <laughs> Performed a a lewd act on uh, on, a, on a disgraced radio host. <laughs> it would definitely be sidebar. Oh, that's really depressing. No matter what we do. But what is it that they did? They touch a certain crowd. You know what I mean? Like Andrew Schultz is on fire oh, right now. I saw him on a plane the other day. I assiduously avoided him. He's on fire right now. He put out his special uh, through his own website. He had like a pay-per-view. It was fucking crazy. Not a fan. I know he's your guy. Go ahead. He built an army. Like, we don't have an army. We have a ragtag militia. Like, not even, like, we, you know, we have, we have the fraternity from the movie Old School. That's our army. By the way, you're right. You're right. (laughs) We have Blue, the big fat kid. (laughs) But. They came together and they won in the end. This is great. Shout out to this comment. The comment it was posted like a month ago, and it's called Years Ago. Um, and I'm, I'm going to throw this up on, on IG. DJ Dusk and Peter Rosenberg take you down memory lane into their future where the two try to work out their new show. Who knows where this adventure will end? I fucking love that description. Wait, will we say that again? DJ Dusk and Peter Rosenberg. Take, oh, DJ Dusk. Okay, yes. I get it. Yeah. Sife's character from 25th Hour. DJ Dusk and Peter Rosenberg take you down memory lane into their future where the two try to work out their new show. Who knows where this adventure will end? What is that for? It's just a, it's just a, a review. 
a review on on Apple of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good though, right? Because that I mean, it, it, it is it, super inside, man. Super inside, but it gave me perspective because we don't know where this adventure will end, and we are always talk. The storyline of the show has become the show. I mean, we did it. We created again a new genre of being so meta that the crowd is along the journey. That's the, the this this is the most meta podcast there is. We're the like show the is Truman the Truman show. show, but we know we're being filmed. Correct. <laughs> These two guys, my favorite podcast, Dead or Alive. I made it to the last live pod at the Highline Ballroom all the way from Boston, but couldn't make it this time and was pretty bummed out. Hopefully, Pete and Sife take the show to Boston. Sife, I promise, you'll have your white audience for your comedy side. Hope to see y'all live again. Love it. This is a great comment from back in November. The comment, just uh, the subject of the comment is sneaky big laughs. And then the, the whole comment is just AKA Juan Kvetch. Do you know what Kvetch means? No. Uh, so that's a good piece of Yiddish. You don't know, huh? No. Kvetch is complain. Ah. So Juan Kvetch, because we do complain. I mean, listen, our whole Jesus and Mero segment, you knew. By the way, if you're a listener of Juan Ep, you knew that if we talked about Jesus and Mero, it was going to be me complaining about why doesn't anyone appreciate us as much <laughs> as they appreciate Jesus and Mero. You had to know. You had to know. Um, Cypher, real quick, I have to go talk again endlessly for the next four hours, but... Two things. One, after the Black Thought and Danger Mouse interview. First of all, Danger Mouse is almost as shy as Billy June. Second of all, after the interview, Billy June says to Black Thought, he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see you at the Newport Music Festival. <laughs> <laughs> and Black Thought, coolest guy ever, is like, Oh, word, you're coming through? Yo, man, take my number, man. You got to come through and say what's up. Wow. And I lis- I listened to Black Thought voluntarily give his phone number to Billy June, who's like, "Oh, okay, I'll, I'll hit you up when I, I'll hit you up when I get up there." And and and, and Black Thought's like, "I'm gonna get you wasted." And I was like, "Thought, text me photos if this happens." And when he left, he was like, "I promise, I'm gonna text you if I see this guy." Black Thought's the best, man. He's the coolest. Um, also the January sixth thing. Bruh, they, I, I, we don't have time to do it right now. Well, next week, maybe we'll get into more of a recap of it. But fuck, man. Okay, my favorite part from yesterday, besides when they absolutely established that Trump knew what was happening in the White House immediately, my favorite part was when they described how every single other person, essentially, except maybe Giuliani, every single other person was pleading with him to make a statement to make it stop. And they pull up the receipts, the text messages from people like, I'm talking about a crew of the world's worst human beings, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Donald Trump Jr., all texting him going, you must, uh, they were texting Mark Meadows, his guy, not him. You must say something. You have to stop this. You have to. And he just would not do it. And then they showed the outtakes of his speech. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. And in the outtake when he's like, no, I can't yeah. say that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say that. I already said they got to pay. I already said they got to pay. I already said they got to pay. I'm not saying more than that. They know what he was doing. 
They know what channels he was watching. They showed what news channel he was watching. It was they showed Fox News coverage. And Fox News's coverage is showing even Fox News was like, this is really bad. <laughs> like, this is fucked up. Oh, he's the Joker. This, they're doing he's the Joker, man. And then they also sum it up. I thought the hearing was done so well last night. They show at the end when he finally did release his statement. They have video from tons of fucking Trump lunatics there on January 6th being like, yo, Trump says we need to go home. Guess we should go. Like, it was really your decision to let this keep going. They would have listened to you. They show that? Like, people seeing his message and they're like, okay, this is Multiple people looking at their phone like, look, Trump's talking. He said we need to go home. Wow. And that's when they started to go home. Wow. We need that kind of army. So, like, how can they... I know. (laughs) If you can find on, like, somewhere the highlights, it was, uh, oh, man, it was astounding shit. All right, that's my show calling me. I got to go. Peace and blessings. Happy birthday. Uh, Thank you. Hopefully the water touches the earth. One up, man. Subscribe. And I promise I want everyone to know. I want everyone on this podcast listening to know. I am not going to get eaten by an alligator. Neither with Scythe. And I will not. I will not give him a blowjob at Summer Jam. I want everyone to know that. Thank you.